Hi Darklings, the following episode contains opinions and speculation and should be taken as such. These stories depict violent crimes of all types and may be a trigger for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Darkened Doorway podcast. Your doorway to everything dark, crimey and weird. Hi Darklings and welcome to today's episode of Darkened Doorway. Today we're going to be talking about the mysterious disappearances in the Victorian high country. Yeah, and there's actually been quite a few, hasn't there? There's We're going to only talk about six of them because they're all in sort of the same area and they may or may not be related to each other. There's been a few people that have tried to link them together. So, um, yeah, we'll see how you feel. There's actually a really good article by the ABC about it and they go into quite a lot of detail. So after you listen to us naturally because we're best probably need to go and read that article it's found on on abc's website and it's called the the mysterious disappearances in the victorian high country essentially (laughs) there's also one with the age as well and it actually looks at one of the people that we'll be talking about that has been in court recently Mm. so we'll pop all of this on our facebook page so that you can um have a look check out those links we're going to be very careful not to infer too much Mm. because it's a current court case but Let's see if you think that you've kind of come to the same conclusions as other people and maybe us as well I, I when you hear thought. some of the stories we're about to tell I you. I have theories. Mm. But yeah. Mm. So first <laughs> off, I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Victorian high country. So this is a beautiful part of Australia, full of bushland, and it's approximately three hours from Melbourne. It's at the bottom half of the Snowy Mountains and it's about 5,000 kilometres squared. Yeah, it's about 2,000 miles for those of you still working in miles because, you know. (laughs) You know, you need to come over to our side. It's way better. It's also where the infamous Ned Kelly and his gang of bushrangers hid out in the 1800s. So it's kind of got a pretty big history for Australia. Yeah, and it's real Australian bushland as well. So it's quite rugged, I Mm. guess, with uh, lots of eucalypts, of course, and some of that scraggy bushland too that you can hide in. Yeah. So it's easy to get lost Mm. in. Lots of valleys, Uh, really beautiful, but lots of valleys. So first up, we've got the case of Warren Meyer. So Warren was an experienced bushwalker who in 2008 disappeared in the Victorian high country. Warren was a husband and father of two. He apparently loved his family. He was a successful civil engineer and business owner. He was a pretty fit and healthy person and he really loved his hiking. So he'd done that quite a bit before and was actually a member of the Bayside Bushwalking Club. And he actually had just completed a challenging hike in Nepal and another one in Papua New Guinea. So it's not like this was his first rodeo. That's that's real experience hiking stuff. Yeah. And him and his wife were financially stable. There wasn't any like history of debt that he'd be running for or anything like that. He was planning his retirement. So they were really settled. On the 21st of March, 2008, Warren and his wife, Zanette, they traveled to the Healesville area for the Easter holiday weekend, and they were staying at a local caravan park with a group of friends. And according to his friends, he was really happy. He was enjoying the holiday, just having a bit of fun socializing like any normal person would. So on the morning of March 23rd in 2008, Warren left his accommodation at 7.45 a.m. and he told his wife he'd be going for about a three or four hour hike and be back in time for the lunch plans that they had already arranged with their friends. He planned to walk only five kilometers in and then return. 
that's not a lot for an experienced hiker. Might be a lot for, you know, our us indoor kind of people, but yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> but look, even though it was a short hike, he was actually really well prepared, probably way more prepared than I was at any point in my traveling life. He set off with a backpack full of food, water, a fully charged phone. He had a GPS on him. He even had like a paper map, which is so incredibly 90s of him. Love it. (laughs) Not much is actually known about what happened next because Warren's mobile pinged off a cell tower at 9.01 a.m. And that was actually the last time. He never made that lunch meeting and he was never seen again. Wow. Yeah. So Warren's friends and his wife, they located his locked station wagon at the Dom Dom Saddle car park, which is where they he would have started that walk. And they brought the police in and he became pretty much a missing person straight away. They did air and land searches with volunteers. They used tracking dogs for five days and there was absolutely no sign of him or any of his belongings. That's bizarre, isn't it's it? So like bizarre. you'd think the dogs would find something. Mm. I'd love to know if the dogs kind of found the end of a, you know, where where they last saw him or where they last smelt him. Yeah. Unless it was really rainy or something. Like it possibly was. Bizarre. But, I mean, they didn't actually say that in the reports. But there was like literally no way of tracking him at this point. So the search was actually called off by um well, by the entire search. So the search was called off after a doctor from the Alfred Hospital in Victoria said that there was basically very little chance that he would have survived that long. This was by the 28th and they considered all the circumstances. So, you know, weather, the harshness of the area um, and all that kind of stuff that was happening at the time. And, yeah, they pulled all the resources. That's crazy. So that was a really short period of time for them to stop searching. So it really must have been bad weather at that point. Um, I'm guessing at the bottom of the snowy mountains, mm. maybe that's, yeah. you know, it was like a cold snap or something. And I think they were that's taking crazy. into account like, yes, he was prepared, but did he have appropriate snow gear on him and, and wet weather gear and, mm. and all of that? Because, yeah, it was only five days. Um, but that being said, You never know. I mean, it's very rough terrain. Australian bush is not Mm. exactly forgiving. But the investigation actually continued into his disappearance until 2012. So it kept going for four years. Right. Okay. And then Warren's family requested an inquest. um, But the coroner decided that really they needed to do further investigation. So it didn't go ahead at that time. And the police were instructed to look into the possibility of actually a psychiatric patient who had been seen in the area that he disappeared. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. So this psychiatric patient was Anthony Williams. And they were looking into his whereabouts at the time. And they found that at the time of of Warren's disappearance, he was only eight kilometres away. And he would have had to cover that distance, though, through rough bush terrain in the space of an hour. So even though they kind of thought maybe this guy had something to do with it, it physically would not have been possible for him to cover eight kilometres through the terrain in that one hour period. Mm. So, yeah, so. Gosh, it would have been possible, though, like if it was if there was a track or something. So he must have escaped, did he? Like he was. Yeah, I think he'd escaped. Um, He was he was in a facility, I believe. Yeah. Warren's family did have concerns about it um, and they claimed that the police had 
the wrong times and they objected completely to him being ruled out, particularly because he had spoken about having homicidal ideations before. Mm-hmm. But again, there was no proof that he did anything to Warren and no items of Warren were found on him or the place that he'd been hiding out. There was no blood found on any of his clothing or anything like that. So there was literally no sign of where Warren had ended up. Right. Wow. Now, there were questions raised about some reports of gunfire in the area. At the time of Warren's disappearance, they had heard there was some gunfire and not normal gunfire for Australia. This wasn't like, you know, a single shot rifle going off. This was like a, a series of gunfire, like a rapid fire sound. Right. It's not really a thing in Australia. We don't have machine guns and stuff like that, but that's what was heard. So the police had a theory that maybe he got hit by a stray bullet. There would have been like deer hunters and stuff in the area, right? Like maybe that's Probably. what they heard. Yeah. I mean, there was there were a few other theories about it as well. Some people thought there might have been a marijuana crop around there and perhaps of he course. stumbled into it. <laughs> of course. Right. I mean, is it even the bush if there isn't a marijuana crop there that you can stumble into? Hey, Vikings, <laughs> how right. you doing? <laughs> So there were theories that he He would have been stumbling too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, come on. And it's five kilometers. That was his plan. Like, why would he have walked that deep? And I don't, I feel like if you're going to plan a major criminal operation, like growing hectares of, of weed, wouldn't you do it a little further off the track that every tourist uses? Yeah. I wonder where it was in relation to the track. Don't know. I guess they've got to get in and out, but seriously, you wouldn't want people stumbling in and out. (laughs) I feel like the police are not willing to share the location. Obviously, it was a good one. So so there were actually questions raised, though, about whether or not Warren did actually walk that track. Because if he'd made it that far, and it was considered a pretty easy track, like this was not a challenging hike by any means. Right. But they... It was a pathway, right? Like a... Yeah. So a, you know, yeah, okay. Yeah. But the police observed when they got there that there were unbroken cobwebs all across the track. <laughs> it would indicate that he never walked it to start with because it was still, you know, they were really old cobwebs. There was a lot of them. But I do have a theory of my own. <laughs> Now, I'm getting creepy with the spiders. (laughs) Yeah. If you're in Australia, you know the size of orb weavers and huntsman spiders. They Maybe they hunt in packs down there. Maybe they got him. (laughs) They dragged him off. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. because that's the only large predator I can think (laughs) that would have the ability (laughs) to take a human man. Well, the drop bears, yeah. Yeah. Or the red-breasted sparrows. (laughs) What? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Okay. Story and the red breast is the blood, right? Yeah. 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 Mm. Mm-hmm. I I also think that, you know, if I saw unbroken cobwebs on a pathway, I'd be like, yeah, nah, nah, he didn't go that way. He didn't go that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe the police went, yeah, you know what? We don't feel like getting an orb weaver to the face today. It's just no. not what I'm about today. So maybe they decided yeah. not to go down the track. And actually he was there the whole time. You can crawl under those things. Can you though? Mm. Or use a stick. Yeah. Yeah. But after mm-hmm. you hit a few with that stick, then the stick has the cobwebs and then the spider's going to climb down that stick onto your hand. Oh, <sighs> you need to stop now. 
I know. Yeah. So nasty. Mm-mm. So he didn't go that way for sure. That's what they're, that's one of the possibilities. Yeah. Okay. Right. So there was the idea that Warren may have had a medical emergency or incident preventing him from returning home. So he either got lost or injured um, or something like that. They did explore those theories, but there was no evidence that any of that happened because first of all, his belongings were never found. There was no sign mm. of his body. There was nothing like no tracks of his anything off the path that they found. It's not like huge predators either that, you know, would eat all of that, you know, or yeah. drag you down into the bush. No bears or, you know, no. cougars or anything like that. No, except no. for those tawny ma- frog mouths. Shifty yes, mouths. you love those things, don't you? <laughs> I actually really do. <laughs> I had a hoot off with one the other night. <laughs> the babies look like lamingtons. I know they're gorgeous. They look like surprise toilet brushes. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Google that, everyone. Look up baby tawny frog mouths. They're gorgeous. We'll pop one on Facebook. It's okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, we will. Now, just to make the whole thing even more confusing, initially there was believed to be this ping off his mobile phone, remember, at 9.01 a.m.? Mm-hmm. Now, Optus, though, it was very specific. Optus later was unable to confirm that this ping ever actually occurred. Warren's family and friends went to some serious effort to try and figure out where this ping could have happened. And they even tried to replicate where his phone may have been and replicate the phone coverage and where it all linked up with a particular tower. But at the end of the day, they were never able to confirm the ping happened on the day of Warren's disappearance, purely due to a lack of records on, on Optus's behalf. Mm. So wow, one of okay. the yeah. So one of the more out there theories was that Warren had purposely run off and was spotted in Santa Margarita at a at a hotel with a woman. A man <laughs> called Jeffrey, yeah, I know. <laughs> It's like, that's all, like, he packed real light to do that. Yes. Now, a man called Jeffrey Ellis, he used to work with Warren and he claimed he took a photo of Warren at this location because this is overseas. Um, However, the Myers family said that that photo was not of Warren at all and Jeffrey was actually unable to say why he didn't approach the guy that he thought was Warren at the time because obviously he would have been aware that he was missing. And the police actually decided to agree with the Myers family that this was kind of a a not possible theory i wonder if he had uh, a passport like a current passport or a you know whether his passport was missing i wonder if they looked at that stuff yeah it didn't say but i assume that would be one of the main things they would have looked at i think they were trying to indicate that he was like you know some genius catch me if you can kind of thing and managed to escape the country to go on this torrid affair but um right yeah when the coroner asked for an enhancement of the original photo that this jeffrey ellis handed in mr ellis suddenly couldn't find the phone that held the photo right you know that important one that he'd gone to the police about yeah 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 it was missing so he wasn't actually able to produce that for the coroner so they were never really able to get an enhanced vision on who that man was so i think it's pretty safe to say that wasn't warren okay i want to know who jeffrey ellis is linked to you know, if there's any links to the other cases that we're talking about, that would be fascinating. Hmm. I think possibly he was looking for five minutes in, in the sun. Oh, okay, right. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he genuinely thought that that was him. I don't really understand why you wouldn't say, hey, Warren, 
what are you doing in Santa Margarita? But mm. who knows? What was he doing there? Mm, probably having a delightful mm. holiday. <laughs> now, <laughs> um, so interestingly enough, there was a tip-off received in Missing Person Week in August of 2014, and that was in line with that whole theory that Warren had wandered into a marijuana crop and his he was murdered to hide his discovery. So as right. most of us probably know, but perhaps not, marijuana is illegal in Australia, um, but you can buy as much except... alcohol as you want. Oh, yes, hmm. except for in Australia's capital city where all the politicians are based. You can get <laughs> weed there and prostitutes <laughs> and turtles. Hmm. You can even grow it in your own backyard. You certainly can. <laughs> now the police did follow up on the person that made this claim but nothing substantial came of it they did find a crop but they didn't find any evidence that he was that warren was ever there um, and they concluded that no foul play was involved in the disappearance of warren meyer a sentiment which is not shared by his loved ones who believe warren met no. with foul play i don't really see how you could think that this was a normal disappearance yeah is there a normal disappearance is there such a thing as a poof gone like well, no foul play yeah i mean there's a few people that will like there's a there's apparently a lot of people that will intentionally leave yeah intentionally i get that but but yeah yeah i mean i think it's harder in this that, day and but, age mm, mm. yeah but he had he had so much going in his life he was happy there was no indication to say that he would want to leave that life. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah. The coroner's inquest into Warren Meyer's disappearance concluded that he was deceased though, but they were unable to ascertain how or when he died. They did say they didn't believe Warren took his own life or that a third party was involved in the disappearance. So I guess they're leaning more towards the accidental, you know, maybe a cognitive impairment, something like that. My thing is though, if it was a if it was a medical episode or an accident, they would have found some evidence of his yeah, for sure. footsteps off the side body. of the path. Yeah. And, that's right. and not like and not to be too graphic about it, but if a kangaroo dies in the bush, and every Australian will know what I'm talking about here, you can smell it yeah. for a good distance. A human man decomposing yeah. in the bush. You're going to smell it. Mm -hmm. And his phone was fully charged too. Yeah. So was and there no GPS. service? That's it. Yeah. So the whole thing is very strange. Very strange. The fact that they think that no third party was involved is is interesting mm. because that's like he's, it's like he's been picked up and snatched out of there. Yeah. And, and you know what? Dog walkers. Aliens. Dog walkers everywhere. Yeah. Dog walkers always. Come. They always find the bodies. Mm -hmm. Not a single dog walker has found this body. Really? <laughs> yeah the next one we're going to talk about is a person who actually went missing in the same area literally a few kilometers away right this is the story of david prudeau he was a 50 year old father of two and a husband he was the general manager of the barwong prison in victoria australia he was very outdoorsy which we are not <laughs> i love that word i know it's like yeah outdoorsy. No not outdoorsy no thank you outdoorsy indoorsy of... more indoorsy yeah there's too many insects they like to bite in. spideys he was into his although you know what i actually have decided i like a spider 
There's one spider I like. Yes. Mm-hmm. I found Is out that the recently. jumping spider, the cute yes, little one. They have paws. <gasps> I didn't know they oh, had no. puppy paws, and now I and love them. And they want uppies. I love them. Have you seen that? They yes. want uppies, and mm, I've been watching the story of Rose. She's on her last legs. It's very sad. <laughs> I'd like to she point out. She just wants to be with her owner. Mm. If they didn't have paws, we probably wouldn't like them. I have pet spiders. Yeah, you're strange. <laughs> I was just bathroom. thinking, I'm like, you want a pet snake. Like, <laughs> Well, the spiders are wild, but they live in my bathroom and come down and have a drink when I have a bath. No, thank you. Mm. And there's a golden orb that lives out the back. Its name's Fluffy because I can touch mm. its butt and it's fluffy. No, do not touch the orb spiders. They are not your Don't friend. touch the butt. Whoa. Don't touch Don't the touch butt. The butt. <laughs> She touched the butt. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he was quite outdoorsy and he loved four-wheel driving, motorcycling and also hunting. And I can't say I'm into that, but each their own. He was considered mm. to be a very organised person. He didn't live that kind of ADHD lifestyle. Uh, he was methodical. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I look, I wonder what that's like. But anyway. Now, David really liked to hunt with his brother-in-law, Robert Dale. So on the 4th of June, 2011, he travelled to the Mansfield Alpine region and they planned on spending several days out there hunting and basing out of the Tomahawk Hut, which is near Mount Sterling and Mount Buller. It's kind of in the middle. They made it up there. They set up, they had dinner, talked about their plans for the following day and then just went to bed. On the 4th of June, the next day, they left the hut to start the hunt at around 7.45am. Now, remember, this is not the first time they've done this. So they're dressed appropriately for the country because it's right near the snowfield. So, you know, it's pretty cold. They're wearing their thermals. They're wearing camouflage, you know, a a backpack with thermoses Mm. of coffee and and food. Um, They were also each carrying a portable UHF radio. They had rifles and ammo, obviously, and David was actually carrying his GPS as well. But what he wasn't carrying was his mobile phone. That one he left at the campsite because I'm guessing he was kind of like, this is my time away from people. I've got my GPS. I've got a a radio so I can speak to Robert. I don't need my mobile. It's probably not a lot of service in there either, you know. I wouldn't say there'd be heaps, especially if they're deep in there. I mean, I don't get it on my way Mm. home and I'm... I'm right near a major highway. Like, <laughs> thanks, Optus and Telstra. Yeah. Really loving the mm-hmm. 1980s of it all. Mm. Yes, yeah. So Robert and David planned on separating during their hunt, with one going in one direction and the other in the opposite, and that's for a safety reason. I'm guessing so they don't shoot at each other. Mm. But also, like, have you ever seen a horror movie? <laughs> never separate. Never, ever. No. It just... <laughs> It just doesn't feel like it's the sort of thing that you should do in the bush. As soon as you walk away from each other with guns, what if you turn around and there's a deer between you? Like, well, best man wins, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) I I find it the entire idea feels a bit like a duel, doesn't it? A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) I wonder if there was some like fancy glove slaps. Maybe, maybe. Definitely missed that. Not that we're inferring anything bad happened. No, no, actually not at all. Um, I don't think Robert is involved in David's disappearance at all. But anyway, Um, anyway, they separated. 
the creepy music started Blair Witch came out no I'm kidding um (laughs) and that was actually the last time that anyone saw David though so Robert returned to the hut and he wasn't too concerned at first because they didn't have kind of a set return time but as night fell he started to try and reach David via the radio telling him to answer and if he couldn't verbally answer to let off a gunshot to let him know where he was and by the time 8:45 rolled around Robert was concerned enough to report David missing to police and emergency services because it's it's such a harsh environment it's not really the kind of place where you go I'm gonna wait 24 hours like that's not a thing so the police were really good they got there by 9 45 so about an hour later and by then the weather had become miserable the wind had picked up Mm. it was raining really heavily it was freezing cold there was snow forecast at only 500 meters high which was higher up than the location of the hut, but not not by a large amount. So not really the greatest night to go wandering off in the bush. No. Now the Popo searched for David for an hour before realising it was going to be a much... <laughs> Popo. That's their name. That's, That's their official the police. name. Yeah. Uh-huh. After an hour, they realised this was going to be a much bigger search than they first thought. So a full-scale search was arranged for the next morning. But the local the local constabulary continued to search until 4am <laughs> is constabulary better than the popo uh, yeah yeah no i like popo popo is <laughs> just a term of affection we love you guys mm-hmm. <laughs> david's family were also notified that he'd gone missing so that must have been a really horrible night for them mm. unfortunately though even though the search teams immediately started searching in the morning the weather was causing a lot of problems especially for any aerial searches due to the large amount of fog and snow and the terrain was super difficult, as we said before, to navigate. Yeah, that's the really dense stuff. Mm. The snow country is quite, well, I don't think the trees are as tall as other parts of no. parts of Australia, like with the really tall trees. They seem to be stumpy and stuff, yeah. but it's, it's really kind of harsh. Mm. Yeah, scrubby stuff. And yeah. everything has thorns. Everything will hurt you. <laughs> that lamandra stuff, my God, oh. that grass is so spiky. I hate walking through scrub bush. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm not in Kevlar. No, yeah. at least the snakes would be asleep. I guess. Feel like they'd try though. But not the wombats. <laughs> I love the wombats. They're adorable when they ankle tap you and laugh as you fall down yeah, a hill. They get cranky. Yeah, I just said they get cranky. I mean cranky. Yeah. That's grumpy angry. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So the police weren't long on into their search and they had volunteers and family members, but they had one added advantage in the fact that he was the manager of the local correctional facility. So they even had the correctional service personnel like involved in this. So there was serious manpower put into this search. Mm. But despite all of that, they never found so much as a footprint. His clothing, his backpack and all his equipment all completely vanished without a trace. That's crazy. Yeah. <gasps> Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. Once again, they searched for a full five days and then actually went back with more people and searched more a month later and for months after, but nothing ever turned up. Wow. That's mm-hmm. like someone's just plucked them out of that place. and Interesting, isn't it? Taken them somewhere. Almost like it couldn't be something natural. Hmm. Mm. Food for thought. Mm. So a local police, Sergeant Cameron McPherson, who was overseen by a homicide squad detective, 
senior sergeant Ron Idols took on David's case to identify some possible scenarios about what happened to David. They came up with four pretty broad answers to this, and I mean like super broad, like Boeing <laughs> right. 747 broad. David was either murdered, disappeared, <gasps> committed what? suicide, or met no. with accidental injury or medical episode. <gasps> wow. So basically <laughs> everything that could have possibly mm. happened. That's how broad that wow. was. Wow. Yeah. That's really nothing's kind of ruled out of that. No, oh, they didn't talk about alien abduction though, right? Well, they said disappeared. Oh, okay, righto. Mm. Yeah, can't rule anything out. Yeah, it's like obviously he disappeared, guys. Anyway, yeah, something okay. happened to him. <laughs> That's because he's not here. That means he's disappeared. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Now, these officers did attempt to narrow it down, going through all of his medical, financial, and personal records. They spoke to people who are potential witnesses and checked for any unidentified John Doe's, um, you know, all of that stuff. But the both, but both. Wait, officers, why is it John Doe? I don't know. Why is it not Bruce or something? Like seriously, know. if anyone knows no, why it's Jane John Doe. instead of Bruce, let us know. Um, <laughs> our email is darkenddoorwaypodcast at gmail .com, and I would actually like to know the answer to that question. I think it's very important. Hmm. Or pop anyway. a message on Facebook. That's also yeah, okay. That's fine too. I just just want to hear from you. I miss you. Now. Both officers concluded that David Prudhoe was dead. They believed he died either accidentally or from a medical incident and was unable to reach out to get help. And they based that on the fact that they didn't find any evidence of foul play or that anyone else had been there to do anything or harm or take David. But they also never found anything else to support that theory. So this seems a little like, okay, sure. Okay. That They didn't find any trace of him. So how did they think that they didn't you know they didn't find any trace of anyone else either so how do they rule that out like they yeah. didn't find anything of him and they didn't find anything of anyone else so i mean <laughs> yeah it seems like how an can you say no one was thing. there it's like i don't yeah. know what happened so i'm gonna go it was a thing a thing happened and therefore yes, it they are dead thing. And I don't want to investigate this further because I have nothing to go on. So I'm going to say it wasn't foul play. Yes. Case closed. Don't ask questions. <laughs> right. Mm. Okay. Anyway. So my little darklings, that's actually where we're going to leave it until next time. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook and Insta at Dark and Doorway Podcast and uh, come join us, dive deeper into this case next episode. And if anyone knows anything about the disappearance of Warren Meyer or David Pritchard, we implore you to call Crime Stoppers on 1-800-333-000. Okay, until next time. Bye, bye, bye.